Hi everyone and welcome to this edition of the Forum Meets. Um, absolutely pleasure to be sitting here with Nick Lane today. Um, Nick, I'm just going to ask you to introduce yourself first so everyone knows who you are, if they don't already know who you are. Um, so I'll let you introduce yourself then we'll, we'll get going. Hi, I'm Nick, everybody. Uh, super pleasure to be with you here today, Chris. Really looking forward to this and having a bit of a chat. Um, so I'm, I'm Nick. Um, I've been in the uh, call centre world now for uh, near on 20 years or so. And I uh, look after everything that's to do with service at BT, EE and Plusnet. So, uh, you know, lead a fantastic team there and responsible for running their operations but also everything that we do there around customer and, and how do we make make sure that we're being successful for our customers so super looking forward to today chris yeah well, intrigued about how easy you're going to go on me no no pressure then um so let's let's start easy then right so i think i'll kind of go back in time a little bit you know i first became aware of you if that's the right word to use i, I kind of in the mid 2000s um in the days of orange sorry that's right there. yeah um and i was just i was a, a member of the for, uh, forum I'd, I'd come to a couple of events i'd seen you speak present in terms of the awards i remember sitting down with you for the first time i, I joined the forum for the first time as a as as an employee and i came to see you at darlington with steve woozy back right. then uh, i remember sitting down and talking about kind of speech analytics and various other things and I came away from there and I remember coming away going what an impressive man do you know <laughs> you just sit and listen to somebody and go I learned probably in the hour soaked in so much information uh it was phenomenal oh, um, and you know and then from there I've, I've seen you speak at different conferences and events and you've always got a lot to say and very articulate about <laughs> thoughts, your thoughts and feelings in terms of the industry. I'm um, and opinionated, I think. Is that what you're trying to say, Chris? That's probably why I like you. That's probably <laughs> why I'm the same. Um, so, yeah, so, so just for everyone's benefit, just a little kind of, you know, that potted career history. Because it has been, for yeah. me, I look at it, and for all that, you kind of look back and you go, it's 20 years or so. Mm. Actually, the trajectory you've been on, I think it's been quite a rapid trajectory really yeah. when you kind of look at things so just yeah give us a bit of that potted history and then we'll uh, we'll dig into some topics well uh yeah i mean i i, I suppose like many many individuals i came into kind of contact centers and planning in particular which is where i started by complete accident um you know i was taking a break in uh what was kind of the summer holidays albeit it was kind of um it started a bit easier during my, my post-grad uni bits um and i ended up working for a company that was focused on workforce optimization and that was the the real start of it all and um you know i always intended on going back to my studies you know this was meant to be a little bit of a just a stopgap. um but the moment I came into contact with, I guess, the industry that we're in, I just, I just fell in love with it. You know, I've, I've rarely found an industry where everybody is welcome, where there's not a structured career. Um, and to some degree, if you're kind of, you know, if you're good enough, you're old enough, that type of environment, you can just kind of crack on, you've got 
you've got your kind of career at your own destiny. It's not about necessarily passing exams or accreditations. Where everybody was, um, and where there was such diversity in who you were coming across. And, uh, you know, because, you know, certainly back in those days, you know, there was nobody probably in the industry who had set out to be in the industry. You know, it wasn't kind of what you sat down when you were doing your school leaving and you were thinking, where do you want to be? Um, you know, we'd, we'd all kind of happened into this world, I think, kind of by accident at those days. But yet everybody uh, loved it. And, and that meant that there was just such diversity of skill set, diversity of culture um that I, I genuinely kind of fell in love with it and um i became addicted to um a world of of what i kind of call people optimization to some degree um yeah. and so i then moved eventually into a bit more of a consultancy role i got to travel the world a bit and it was super great to just experience what was working and not in lots of different operations in loads of different cultures in different parts of europe and the middle east and uh, you know, over in uh, uh, North America and, um, you know, into Australia and that area. And then ultimately, I decided in the early kind of 2000s, I decided to go native and work for some of those that I had supported. Um, and after a brief foray into finance, um, where, to be honest, I found it, I really struggled to get excited about financial products. It was a bit slower pace. I just couldn't get excited about credit cards and mortgages. But that just tells you a bit about me, I think. Um but I really realized I love technology and, and telcos in particular. So, you know, I love the fact it was, you know, fast pace and products like, you know, broadband and 3G, 4G were all taken off. Um, so since then, as you say, I, I, I think I've probably just had an what I would call an incremental career because I've just been kind of growing a bit every 18 yeah. months, two years, just growing a bit. And, you know, now I look after a big team of, you know, the 17,000 of us or so that I look after now. And, uh, but I'd be, you know, I wouldn't be able to do anything close to what I'm doing now had I not, you know, had all of that experience coming through the ranks. And, and, and it's, it's, it's right, isn't it? I think similar. I think you speak to anybody of our generation, I kind of look at that work in contact centers and we, we kind of look back and go, what got you into it? And actually, it, it what, well, there was no, there was no <laughs> kind of decision. It was like I needed a job. There's a yeah. job. I'll take yeah. that job because I just want to earn some money, um, so I can go out on a weekend or whatever it might be. And then you're right. You just get sucked in. And if you've yeah. the right personality and you're the right kind of, you've got the right mentality, you can make a really brilliant career out of it. That's right. Um, That's right. And you know, yeah, you said there's no ceiling. There's no limit. I think. Mean, you know, you're proof of that. I think you can kind of, you know, you can take your career the way you want. Yeah. And, but the point you made there is that kind of, I, I just kind of improved and I kind of learned and I developed over time. And it's That's kind right. of using that development. And, you know, we talk about it here all the time that kind of bettering yourself, that continual learning, taking time for yourself, being a bit selfish sometimes about your own time and your own development. Um, 100%. To, to, to be able to kind of do that kind of thing that says, actually, I'm an advisor today. And then if I want to be a team leader, I can be a team leader, but I need to learn some new skills to be able to do that. And then if I want to kind of move up again, there's some other skills that I need to be able to do that. And it's just that thing of being aware of where your limitation is and being aware of going, right, what do I need to do to improve myself, to make me a better thinker, 
to make me a better leader, um, to make me a better facilitator, whatever those things are that are going to help you on your career is for me kind of the linchpin of what allows us to do what we do. Um, yeah. and, and you've been a massive advocate of that, I think, over the years of, of development. So kind of got it. Keeping on the theme of development, I think for me, you know, is you've always displayed your own personal behaviours in terms of learning. Did that, was that from a young age in terms of, were you like that before you got into the industry? So were you academic? Were you, yeah, no. you know, and, and if not, what kind of changed your mindset <laughs> to be more, you know, more, more learning uh, led, if that makes sense? Yeah, no, that, that, that's probably right. And no, no, I mean, the honest view is I was pretty rubbish at school. Um, and I think looking back now, it's easier. You know, I wasn't I wasn't badly behaved. You know, I was I was, um, you know, I was reasonably behaved. I wasn't getting into trouble, but I wasn't academic at all. You know, I, I kind of scraped through some GCSEs. I did a bit better when it came to A-levels. Um, um, I went to, an, you know, a kind of average uni where I did did well. But um, but, you know, when you look back on it, the reason for that actually is I've, I've always realised that my passion for learning comes from being really interested in a subject. And I'm one of these individuals that really struggles to kind of commit myself to subjects that I'm not um, that interested in, if I'm being honest. But when I am interested in something, it has the opposite effect in that, you know, my my curiosity then kind of knows no limits almost. Um, and so yeah. I think, you know, beginning of school where you're, where you're doing a lot of breadth of subjects, aren't you? You're doing a lot of stuff. And yeah. as I say, I couldn't really get excited about some of that. But the narrower, I guess, my, um, you know, my development became in terms of a bit more specialised in subjects that I was more personally interested in or could probably relate to their value better. I was getting, you know, more and more interested. So when I got to uni and I was studying something that was a bit of a passion and I got really interested in it, that's that's what probably led to me doing better there. And then actually, when I when I by accident, as I say, landed in the in in almost a, you know contact center industry, it was the transferable skills that blew me away. It was all of this stuff that I'd probably you know just learned over years of bits and pieces that you'd seen, and I suddenly realised that they were applicable in a business environment, and that you know you didn't need exactly to you say. I mean, what I love about the environment we're in is kind of your qualifications don't really matter that much yeah you know you because we're still fathoming out the recipe of how to work in this industry right yeah, you know yeah. we've been fathoming it out for the last two decades aren't we and there isn't the recipe doesn't exist yet i mean we're all yeah. keep recooking the recipe and and i think that informality about you know um you bring with you the experiences and the skills that you've acquired not what you've necessarily got on a certificate no. is is one of the best things that I love about this industry and uh I think that's what's kept me hooked on it that you never feel like you've I certainly never feel like I've mastered it I've learned it I've done it um I don't ever feel like I need to move on because I know I know how to do this now I, you know every day I think flipping it you know I thought I knew what I was doing here but I don't yeah I need yeah. to figure this back out and I, I love that continuous improvement drive that that takes us through it um so yeah i, I think that's exactly right no and you know it, it I, I agree i think being in you know if i i mean i go back to my gcse and there's, there's a clear separation in terms of 
what I enjoyed doing against the mandated stuff I had to do. Yeah, just yeah, that's right, like, yeah. I've got I've got this group over here that are kind of A's and A stars, and this group <laughs> that are down here kind of E's and F's that are kind of and it's like it's like it's like Jekyll and I type results of going, yeah. you can tell I really didn't care about those things, but these yeah. things over yeah, here I'm really passionate for, so I'll carry on. Um, but you're right in terms of the industry, because it's always changing. I think that's the key thing for me. The thing that keeps me interested, that there's always a new challenge to think about. There's that's always right. a new challenge to try and kind of find a solution for that's going to drive better service, better engagement, whatever that might be. And, you know, you, you say there, that, that, that kind of, you never feel that you've learned enough because there's always no. something that you can do. And I think yeah. the, the, where we, where I always see people struggle is the point where someone gets to that they know everything yeah. is the point where they're at their weakest. Yeah. Because actually at that point, they're completely closed off. And any new challenges that come their way, they're going to struggle to deal with. And I think that, that kind of forward thinking of going, we've got to be aware of these things people's change attitudes change you know if i go back to the first contact center i worked in to the contact center of today for all that the the familiarity of it and the camaraderie and all that type of stuff is still there that 1990s contact center wouldn't exist today no that's right, that's right. Yeah. yeah because that's attitudes have changed behaviors have changed all yeah. those things you know we, we kind of look yeah. at it so yeah. we've always got to evolve to deal with i think we are the I think it's weird, but it's one of those things that we're the mirror of society sometimes because we have got such a diverse workforce that we have to adapt because we are dealing with all walks of society, all walks yeah. of kind diverse of where, customers. Yeah. Where, you know, where, you know, in, on the whole kind of spectrum of 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 kind of race, religion, sexuality, whatever you want to talk about, we will have people from all walks of life either working with us or being customers of ours so we that's need right. to keep ourselves on top of kind of those standards to make sure we deliver what we need to deliver but um, that's, what, that's the exciting bit about it isn't it yeah yeah, yeah i think that's really exciting all the time it's because it's you can never sit still it's brilliant yeah you know, no that's right you can't I mean, um, <clears throat> uh, now all i was going to say is that you know and i was you know just because you were talking about his customer mind back really as i say to to, to the career chats i was also probably one of these um slightly annoying i guess individuals at school that when you sat down for the career chats i didn't really know what i wanted to do I've, and by the way i haven't lost that yeah as oh. in i've never had a five-year plan and i'm I, I it's by the way i i hugely admire and respect when i meet people who have got a very clearly laid out kind of ladder of where they want to transition and they're moving around I mean, I just sit there in wonder that that's never been really me. Um, you know, my my career has really been powered by, I would say, you know, curiosity and kind of chance, for want of a better word, you know, <laughs> curiosity, because I'm just super interested all the time in what's going on and why are other people doing like that and what's going on in other sectors and industry and, you know, particularly in areas that have also got lots of people you know, manufacturing and logistics and supply chain and, you know, all of that stuff. What, what are they doing? And and what does that mean for me? And is there good stuff there that you can learn? And then, and then I guess chances is that, you know, coincidentally, the more kind of, I suppose, experience I've gathered and the more knowledge of different things I've gathered, 
coincidentally, there's been opportunities to apply that knowledge into different parts of the area. So I feel like I'm a, you know, I've constantly kind of limped it on bits yeah. and now stuck all over me of additional stuff, additional skills I've learned, additional things that, you know, things that I can apply myself to. So, um, but there's never been a real master plan around it. And and I, as I say, I fully admire those that do. But I also come across a lot of people who, who almost worry a little bit about that. You know, that they don't quite know where they want to be in three years and five years. Well, you know, I, I'm one of them. And, uh, you know, I think the great thing about our industry is is you can kind of make your own path. There's no rules or regulations about what you need to have done to be able to get yourself into another area. And I, I love that lack yeah. of formality and structure. You know, I, I agree. I mean, I, you know, if I go back and I think you're right, there's, you can so many transferable skills and you can learn so much within an organization you can find a pathway that works for you you know you see it all the time don't you matter people that go from working as an advisor they're going to planning or they're going to kind of insight roles or they're going to training roles or you know in some cases might even start to kind of look at actually I'm, you know I, 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 one of my old team leaders from um from kind of 10 15 years ago uh, who used to work for me um she now runs her own hr company because wow. actually when she was a team leader, she loved the people bit, she loved the development side, she loved the process, she loved all these things. So she then went and alongside working in the in the contact centre, started doing HR qualifications, and now she's got a little own HR consultancy. It's phenomenal to see, and you kind of go, well, that, the core set of industry, what triggered her just working with people as a team leader, going, actually like this side of things, I like this part of my role as a team leader, so I'm going to make a career out of that bit of it didn't necessarily like the customer bit but i like the people bit and you know you kind of find those things um i think the challenge we have and hopefully you might share some insight is we're passionate about our own development we're passionate about yeah. other people developing you, you know you said there you've, you've got a massive team right you know thousands of employees that how do you kind of give the freedom to your teams to, to kind of disseminate that kind of passion to go take time to learn take time to be curious take time to find your passion how you know is, is there you know is, is there something that you do necessarily that says you've got that permission to go and do that or is it a bit more kind of <laughs> it's really really interesting actually um it's a it's a fantastic question so my my take would be um there's different types of people to get the best out of development. I think there's there's some individuals that are automatically built innately and will make take they will almost find their own time. They will they will they're, they're so interested in it or they're so organized maybe or they're so driven that they find their own time. And and uh there's a whole group of people who do that automatically. And I don't think you need any intervention. So to be honest, where I've probably spent more of my time is how to unlock individuals for whom that isn't the case yes and uh like most things in life i don't think there's been a single kind of recipe but i think there's things that you can do so for example um you know i think time is one of them and a really good one that you mentioned so we're just in the process now of implementing how everybody in our entire organization you know gets gets you know a day of their time to you know from every layer of our organization to spend 
on their learning, you know, on our, you know, that we will pay for. Now that learning could be, you know, taking some digital learning. It could be going, doing some job shadowing. It could be finding out about more areas. And and that's almost to kind of force fit the fact that, that the time element no longer comes into it. Because often yeah. a bit like you said, I think, Chris, often, you know, our job is to just ignite the spark. And from then yeah. it starts to flow. But that spark doesn't always self-ignite without a bit of time. It's about creating, I mean, another thing that I really like to do is create opportunities for sharing within our own team. So we create these sessions where we go kind of, you know, lunch and learn sessions, we call them, where, you know, people get to share the area of the organization that they're working in and what's going on. And people can just join it and figure it out, almost like internal TED Talks. And, you know, that's brilliant because they feel great and people learn more. And, you know, there's loads of spin-off stuff that happens from there um there's so i think there's there's loads of different um ways you know i quite often love forcing learning by by kind of to some degree asking quite difficult questions that i know we don't know the answer to yeah and again it creates it kind of forces areas to have to work together and kind of go and learn if i don't think it's taken in care of itself i'll kind of sometimes initiate it a bit um yeah. so i i think Listen, I think the reality is um, I think there's lots of different people and people learn in different ways and people have got different levels of spark in themselves. And that spark changes at different moments of uh, I found certainly of my own life, my own career. Um, So I think it's about creating a suite of solutions to try and inspire learning and uh, create as many avenues as we as we can to be able to do it. I mean, we've got another initiative that we just implemented where, you know, um, everybody who works in our corporate business or what you'd have previously talked about as um, head office, all of those types of entry roles, whether they're in marketing or cybersecurity or digital or product or HR, we get first dibs to hire them from the front line. And uh, we're up at about 65% now. So we fill 65% of them jobs and I want us to be 90 because I, I think in our frontline environment, there isn't a job, as far as I'm concerned, that happens in a corporate world that there isn't somebody in our world that can do. And the other benefit I get from that is I've got people working in the rest of our organization that have uh, are just completely fluent in how our customers feel, yeah. how what it's like to be working in a frontline environment, you know, what yeah. works, what doesn't work. And that's going to make us a much more kind of customer centric, customer orientated business going forward. So I think I don't think this happens just by giving time, I guess, is what I'm saying. I think that is a really important ingredient, time, space. But I think you need to find as many different ways you can of kind of igniting sparks. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I like the idea of kind of, you know, you know, taking those entry level roles, move, moving people from the contact center, because it takes then the, you know, I come across that many organisations where the contact centre or the, the, the customer part of the business is so isolated from the actual corporate part of the business, and there's mm-hmm. it, it's what's going on over there. Why why are they asking for more budget? Why are they asking for more resource? Don't get it. Don't get it. Um, and they're always fighting these constant battles. And I think you're right. Having people in the other parts of the business that understand the operational delivery and the operational challenges can only help that Super, become more, you know, more coherent as an organization. 
um that really powerful um so kind of thinking through that then so in terms of let's have think and, and go back to you a little bit talked a little bit about kind of career progression the ability you know what are, what are the things that you've learned along the way that you've kind of gone that's going to stay with me for the you know the rest of my career you know any kind of little pearls of wisdom that you might share that says you know <laughs> there's always a little spark so i remember um i remember working out working with a guy um early 2000s about 2001 2002 and i sat down with him and he, he, he just quit the organization now i had gone for a, a promotion i didn't get that promotion and the guy that got it was an external person that came with the business and for the first kind of i know couple of months i hated him right because he was doing my job right that kind of thing i was really childish about the whole thing probably right back then but i was young and i, I kind of accepted but you know i kind of hated him but once we kind of got to each other i mean i class him now as one of my best friends but he's like we sat down and he talked us through and you know when you start to speak to someone and you go i really understand now why i didn't get the job yeah and i know i know why you got it because you demonstrate yeah. behavior attitude competency more than what I could. And just having that sit down conversation with him about giving people time, giving people the um, the ability to grow, giving people the support they need to do what they want to do, really changed my outlook on how I develop people, how I yeah. kind of invested in my team, how I invest in my, my kind of operation. And that was the thing that sparked me into that kind of then, I want to learn more about this and I want to be better at what I do. And he was my little, he was my trigger point, really. Uh, yeah, that's, that's all I can think of it. And every time now, kind of 20 years later, he's the first person I think about when I think, yeah. am, I, am I doing this right? What can I do differently? Um, yeah. So in, in your career, what were some of those little trigger points or key learnings that you came across? Yeah, I mean, there's probably a couple, I, I think. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a bit of a method to my career, which I can, you know, talk about in a few moments. But in, in, when you were talking through, I was thinking about a trigger point. Mine was actually a really interesting one. I was at, um, when I was at university, I was working with a, a, a guy there, um, one of the lecturers, he, he was called Eric, he, you know, and a, you know, an amazing guy, amazing guy. And, um, you know, he'd been working on this particular area to, of research for years. And I remember once going to a, you know, a bit of a conference as a student and he was presenting there and I went to see his work done. And then there was a big Q&A afterwards and um, he got ripped to pieces. And, um, I, you know, as in as in there were others that were going, you know, oh, I don't think this is, you know, you're right here and, you know, you should be thinking about this and we've been thinking about this and da 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 And, and I remember as, as this was kind of happening, um, I remember like in my stomach, I was feeling quite ill. Yeah, you know, um, but when I kept looking at him, he had this smile on his face. And I just remember thinking, you know, like he's doing really well to like hold this together amazingly, you know, incredible. Like, you know, like that is in itself is a skill I must learn, you know, how to kind of hide my emotion. Cause I'd have been kind of, you know, a mixture of crying and raging probably inside. <laughs> so anyway, once it finished, you know, obviously I went to see him and we were having a brew or whatever in the foyer and he was still smiling. And I was like, oh, you know, Eric, I, I'm I'm so sorry. That I mean, I don't know how you, how you, you know, how did it together? He said, what do you mean? Sorry. And I said, well, you've just seen your kind of work that you've been working on for the last four years. 
kind of pulled to pieces. He said, this is amazing. This is an amazing day. And I was like, I do not understand. You know, what is amazing about being pulled apart? He said, you know, I did that work and it has inspired others to prove me wrong. And now from being in that room today, there will be others who will be equally as keen to prove those that have just proven me wrong, wrong. This isn't about me and my work. This has just moved the entire area that we're looking into forward. You know, do you not see that, Nick? Do you not see what this has just done? You know, this is amazing. This is fantastic. And I, you know, that really changed my uh, my outlook on things because it made you realise that actually, exactly as you said before, you know, if if nobody's come up with a new answer to the one that you've already come up with, then you're probably stale and, and not in the right world, yeah? And, and actually encouraging people to kind of take what you believe to be true and change that truth is, is something fantastic. And that's geared me right the way through, which is never really think, you know, you might think we know the answer today, but the answer tomorrow will be a different answer. And how do we keep working on that? I think has always, has always been something. That's my little moment. And Eric, you know, stays with me, I guess, through that process of constantly believing that there must be a different way, a better way, a, you know, a different way of doing it. Now, sometimes I'm sure if you talk to my team, they think it's like relentless because I'm just never happy <laughs> that we found the right way. Because there's always an Eric on my shoulder going, but this is great. Let's, that might be where we think it is, but let's go again. Let's go again. Um, but in, in terms of the career bit, um, I'm not a, um, I, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of kind of swim or drown. I wouldn't say just in my own personal style. So I haven't, I haven't tended to take big risks moving into areas where I don't feel reasonably confident I can do it well. So mm. I've, I've basically always followed a path of what I would call adjacencies. And, um, and what I mean by that, well, I think one of the best things, I mean, I come from the support side, as you know, of, of uh, before I got to where I am now, I, I, I was more in the support than the operational side. Um, and the most amazing thing I think about working in that environment is that as a team, you get involved in so much different stuff. I mean, that was always, you know, starting in planning, I felt like I had my hands and my fingers in so many different pies. Yeah. Because everything kind of comes your way a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and so my approach was always one about just curiosity areas I was you know about areas I was getting to interact with a bit learn about them and then and then potentially look to develop into it so you know like 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 find out a bit about it like the first area for me was um you know probably data and reporting because I realized that in order to do my job well you know you really had to understand data and then I went oh you know let's figure out what they do and then eventually I was able to manage the team and then the same kind of went true uh, uh, technology and systems or actually you really need to understand how you know contacts reach our people and you know the platforms that we use how does internet and so then you can start knowing enough about it to be able to start working in that area and eventually you know look after those teams and then outsourcing and insourcing and you know all of the different ways of offshoring and you know nearshoring and all of that kind of stuff and you know business improvement and change management so my my goal has always been, and one of the best things I think about being in this area is adjacencies are all around you. 
like things that are incremental, not not big risky steps for me, because I just can't do that. That's just not me. Um, but things that are already pretty familiar to you that you can get involved in, learn around, master. And then that's where the luck came into it. Every time I tended to have done that at some point, the opportunity would have come along to be able to kind of move on a step in my career and be able to get yeah. more involved in the stuff that they're doing and most often carry the stuff that I was already doing along with it. And uh, you know, it feels like I've been carrying the rucksack, as I say, or, you know, with with ever more kind of tools in the bag, really. So so that's been my, I guess, a little bit my tips would be look for adjacencies. Yeah. Because um, quite often, particularly if you're like me, if somebody who isn't maybe, you know, uh doesn't really like huge bold steps and figuring it out as they go along a bit you know just look for adjacencies because quite often they're quite straightforward to be able to get into and really learn about and you've probably yeah. already got a good understanding of them today and who knows where that's going to take you when you're a bit like your colleague that you knew who's you know learn about people now got a people business so it's incredible isn't it yeah and, and i think you're right i think you know i think that was same same for me in, in a degree where I start out the other way. So I started operationally and then moved into supportive roles. So I kind of yeah. the other way. So I started as a team leader, I was an operations manager, run a contact center, started to get really interested in data, started to really get interested in the people side of things, the planning elements, yeah. quality assurance, that type of stuff. And I started I You've done all these adjacencies as well, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, just, but I drifted the other way a little bit and went, right, yeah. actually, I, quite, yeah. I like this bit. Um and you, you do you get to understand things in a completely different way when you see them so i remember sitting and you know one of the things that i did that i found really beneficial was going out oh, okay so the contact center is you know i was getting a lot of pressure on budgets at the time i remember getting budget and going, why is your overtime budgets are high why is this why is that and i was like well this is because other people along the way we're not working together coherently in terms of delivering that and every time there's a problem elsewhere in the business where I get where we get hit is in the contact center. So yeah. when a billing run fails, or when we send out a marketing campaign that's half-ashed, whether we, you know, we 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 the recruitment haven't got there, whether training haven't got the people up to the, the point where the, the, the competence is where we need to be, I've got to backfill that with overtime, or I've got to backfill that's that right. with that. So I started bringing these people together. And saying to the heads of these departments and sitting down kind of every month and saying right this is where we're at what's happening and being able to draw the lines that said actually yeah. this is why we're struggling so once i started to understand the additional pressures those guys were under because i you're very blinkered aren't you sometimes and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah i'm yeah. getting all the rubbish yeah and, it's, and i'm getting all the stress <laughs> and all i can see it's done to me yeah all i can see it's not my fault it's someone yeah, else yeah. <laughs> but sitting down with them and going you know why haven't we got the people? Well, we're having this issue with recruitment. We're having this. We can't get the people there. You know, actually, when you start having those conversations, you start to realise actually we're all in the same boat. Yeah. We're all trying to achieve the same things, but we just need to align our thinking a little bit. And that worked wonders for us operationally. And worked wonders yeah. for me from a knowledge perspective because then I could be more sympathetic and I can be more kind of understanding when things don't work because I understand yeah. why it hasn't worked and, and and it's not my fault. And yes, I might have to take some of the brunt of it because where the customer facing part of the business, I can at least mitigate the reasoning behind it, which yeah. I never used to be able to do it until I started talking to people and understanding it. And that's when I my mind was like, I need to start thinking differently about where I'm going on a career and 
and kind of my whole understanding of stuff. That's um, brilliant. It's, it, 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 but I think if we can all kind of take a little bit of something like that, you know, things that you've said, you yeah. sat there with, I think the key word you've said, and you said it a few times through this conversation, is curiosity. Yeah. I think curiosity yeah. is the key to everything. Like, yeah. don't just stop at your first answer because typically, it, it, you know, it might not be the right one. And no, exactly. it might, or, or it might be the right one for now, but it might not be the right one for tomorrow. So oh, keep thinking and keep looking forward and keep kind of driving. Oh, is that, that true? Yeah, um, that's right. So, you know, it's, I think that's really, really, for me, resonates with me massively. Um, so I'm thinking of, you know, kind of let's look to the future a little bit, I think, as we yeah. kind of come towards the end. I think we've gone through... Our industry never stands still. We've said that already. Right? That's all always, very true. Yeah. There's always uh, something different that we've got to deal with. The last few years have shown that more than anything, you know, and there's no sign of that settling yet in my mind. You know, we, we, we're kind of going from one kind of issue that we've had to try and deal <laughs> with and we're straight into another issue that we're going to have to deal with. And that's going to, I think there's a, a few more of those things to come over the next oh, couple Absolutely years. will be, yeah. Yeah. Before we get to any part of, I don't know, I'm not going to say normality. I don't think we'll ever get to that. But mm. where mm. where we where we can take a breath and go, a bit let's of stability. Let's have some stability for a period. I think we're way away yeah. from. That. Um, let's think of the future a little bit. Where, where, what do you see as the kind of, not the next big thing, but you know the the kind of the challenges that we're going to face over the next yeah. 12 to 18 months, where would you say we need to just start? If we aren't thinking about it already, we should be. Yeah. Kind of where, yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, I mean, you know, just linking this back to careers, I guess, a little bit as well. And uh, Chris, and, and just thinking about what are the skills that I think people are going to need to have uh, to match with the kind of trends that are going on in the industry almost, I would say. I mean, the, the first bit that I would kind of say is, you know, we've all got to become fluent in technology because just like it is for, you know, our kids, you know, contact centers are, you know, like every day they're becoming uber powered by technology. And and I feel like if you don't get fluent, you're going to miss out on the next step of opportunities that plenty of them there. I mean, there's, you know, robotics and what AI really means and machine learning and you know, kind of basic data science, you know, pattern finding. And actually, one of the things that I bump into quite a lot when I'm talking to people across it is is that a lot of it is really hyped up and it's often really presented as being really complicated. It reminds me a bit of the early days of planning where, where you know, us planners used to kind of pretend that it was really hard. Yeah, that what we were doing was really, really scientific because um, it made us feel special. But Actually, a lot of it was just really good common sense with some really good kind of reasoning behind it. Yeah. And that's kind of what's true, I think, in this technology area. So I think we've got to encourage people, you know, we're on the cusp of, you know, further technological um, kind of evolution, revolution in the world of contact centers. And I, I think we need to make sure that we're all giving our chance for ourselves and our people to be uh, fluent in it. You know, I think... I think we're going to need to become fluent in our digital channels and how channel our customers are flowing across channels. And, you know, I see a lot of companies that are embracing that. But if I'm honest, I'd say I see a lot of organizations that are kind of almost like trying to force fit these digital channels into 
arguably more traditional ways of working, you know, they're trying to measure the same way that they measured what used to happen when people used to just call and they're trying to kind of contort these other channels to fit into that model so that it will fit within the same kind of limitation. So I think there's a, I think that's a, you know, that's a real big trend that we're going to need to get into. Um, and I know, I, I, you know, I know there's huge amounts of discussion on kind of digitalization out there. Um, and, you know, I bump into a lot of people who, you know, almost, you know, they think that the kind of, uh, that, 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 you know, you sometimes think when you've talked to them, what, what do they really think the, the future of the contact center industry with being powered by humans is going to be? But, you know, I might be, I might be wrong here, but I, I still think that humans are going to play a critical role because, you know, whilst I do think increasingly we are digitalizing, um, I think there's two things that humans do that are incredibly hard for digital to replicate. One is personalization, personal service. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to feel emotively attached to a digital transaction, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, it's, it's easy when it, when it doesn't do the right thing, right. Cause you feel emotionally attached in the wrong way. Don't you? It, it's blocked you from trying to do what you were trying to do, but it's, it's really difficult to have the same emotional attachment you know, to a digital interface that you can with a with a brand. And, you know, you've seen that probably in banking, I think, is where they saw that first when, you know, they could see the loyalty start to play out the more that things were being digitalized. And, you know, maybe you had less of a kind of um, emotive attachment to a brand than you may have before. They, they, I mean, they, they are the forefathers in digitalization. They've done yeah. just such an incredible job there. But so that's one, you know, why I think humans will still be around, right? Personal service. But I... I also think increasingly one of the most amazing phenomena that has happened in, in our worlds, I think, in the last decade has been the amount of revenue. The fact that now most of our contact centers are seen as revenue generating businesses. And, uh, you know, that's not in our place. I know there's going to be loads of people watching this. You go, oh, that's not me. We're still dust and cost and cost and cost. Yeah. But I think as an industry, it's become much more recognized about the value that these areas generate. And, you know, like, cross-sell through digital is really hard like yeah. really really hard and um so i you know when i'm looking at what's going on in the industry i'm increasingly finding people being much more focused about what are the right transactions to digitalize what's yeah. the and it's not like let's just do it because we want the lowest cost because they've suddenly worked out well you know if you have the lowest cost you've maybe missed out on all of this money that you could have been making through yeah. your people being able to help customers understand you've got an amazing set of products and services and yeah you know of course when you've given amazing personal service that's much easier to kind of cross sell into them so um so i i think you know i think this whole technology and then intelligently digitalizing i guess is what i'm calling yeah. it rather yeah. than just kind of you know, running headlong into it are two key trends that I think are really coming to bear with us right now. And I, I think that means a change in skill set for all of us. Yeah. Um, I think it means we're looking for probably slightly different skills than we maybe have before, but which, by the way, I think you can acquire through the same things that have got to where we are now, just yeah. learning off others, experiencing what's going on in other companies, other industries, other sectors learning off you guys, you know, you do an amazing job of kind of bringing all of that, all of that learning together and then kind of dissipating it back out and bringing it back and dissipating it back out. So I think, um, 
yeah, there are a couple of areas there that I think we're going to really have to get on top of, I think. No, and I, I agree. And I think you're right in the digitization piece, the technology and, you know, technology, you know, I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago and said, in, in the industry, I always found, in my mind, going through it, that technology was always around five years ahead of where our kind of thinking was operationally. Yeah, always seems yeah. to be just that little thin end, that, that kind of, it wasn't really a reality, it was there, because I think we're closer than ever now in, yeah. in terms of being able to operationalise it and, and the technology actually kind of being more aligned than it ever has been. I think you're right. That there's, there's too many organisations trying to retrofit new things into old ways of working and then they yeah. don't see the benefit from it rather than kind of going, we can start new. And you mentioned banking. Yes. Banking changed yes. because of challenger banks yeah. that were digital first. Yeah, now, some right. of those challenger banks... Uh, behaving more like some traditional banks now because yeah, that's right, yeah. they're starting, because they're starting to find that balance of going well all that was too much for everybody and then the old the old kind of state banks and so they're now going we need to kind of catch up a little bit and somewhere in the middle is where they'll end up and deliver they're doing a brilliant job on automation i mean they are the, yeah. the leaders yeah, yeah phenomenal really phenomenal yeah, yeah. um and i think you know if we are starting to look at our digitization we're starting to look at our technology we need to kind of i think not necessarily run it in parallel, but think about it as new and going yeah, in, 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 in the new world, in, in the way we want to operate going forward, let's just start from scratch. What does that look mm. like? What does that feel mm. like? Because mm. if we continue, and I've seen it a few times in organisations, whether it's been a change in CRM system or a change, but they've tried to just take what they have today, lift it and shift it into the new thing and it not work. Yeah, yeah. Rather true. than kind of starting the new thing as new <laughs> and adapt the processes, adapt the skills, adapt the kind of thinking to to, to go in line with it. Um, yeah. I think my kind of my final <laughs> bit. It's just it just it made me uh, just made me think when you said about people need new skills and we need to start getting really fluent in technology. My father in law is an old school mechanic, right? Old school mechanic, you know. Uh, oil engine sockets, all that type. Of yeah, stuff. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and, he, and he's now at the point going, I, I, he, he, he says it's I, I've got to have a degree in computer science to understand how to fix a car now. You yeah, know? yeah, and yeah. It's, that, it's that same thing, isn't it? We kind of, right. you know, don't get stuck in the way that you're doing things. You've got to learn those skills because you will get left behind very, very yes. quickly if yes. you, you don't kind of keep yourself. And it's not that scary, you know. That no. that was my big worry. That I think, I think sometimes these things get quite hyped up as you know machine learning and AI and you know all of this stuff. And I think it can, it can sometimes make people feel a little bit like this is you know this is kind of rocket science, crikey, you know this is going to be really hard. And it, I, you know I, I've got no chance of learning that. That needs to be for the real boffins. But it it's it's not. It genuinely isn't. When you get beneath the hype. I think the same skills that have got us to where we are now, I think the type of individuals that we have in this industry are more than capable of of uh, figuring that stuff out. And then, you know, what's brilliant about the people that we have in our industry is they're brilliant about working out how to apply it. Yes. You know, there's no point in having the technology unless, as you say, you know how to operationalise it to a customer's benefit, to an organisation's benefit. And, you know, that's where the real, you know, the real magic happens, isn't it? So, yeah, I, I, think, I think we're all going to have to keep pushing on that area. No, 100%. Uh, 
Uh, Nick, I'll uh, I'll call it there because I, I mean I could keep talking to you all afternoon. We could, we could on that last subject alone, we could spend a day, couldn't we, Chris? Yeah, we really could. We could. I might uh, I might have to book us in for a, a part two at some point. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, honestly, thank you. I know you're a busy man, so I oh, really appreciate that you could spend spend a bit I like of time my week. And, um, oh, glad glad to hear it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks again. Speak to you soon. Yeah, more than welcome. Thanks a million for having me.